seven dragon balls were forged and scattered over the face of the planet. Once united, the eternal dragon will be called forth to grant the discoverer a single wish. Welcome, everybody, to the B-Team podcast. I hope you enjoyed our little intro there for this special part one of We Don't Know How Many. Uh, I am here today with Milos and Brendan. Hello, hello, hello. hello. Sorry. Hello. And uh, we are here to talk about one of my favorite things, one of Milos' favorite things. And uh, I think Brendan is pretty much a fan at this point. We are going back to the wide world of Dragon Ball, and uh, we are today going to start with the original series for the anime, which is just called Dragon Ball. Uh, for the manga, it was basically all of Dragon Ball Z was just called Dragon Ball, but this is the split at uh, volume 16 of the originals, or chapter slash issue 194. Yep. And uh, for the TV show, it's the whole series, so it's episode 153. Uh, and then we are also going to be discussing a certain live-action Dragon Ball movie that oh, we have yeah. all had the displeasure of going through again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just a little bit of just, just a question. Brandon, was this your first uh, watch on the Dragon Ball Evolution? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Man, you're lucky we had to suffer through that again. You, it's only yeah, right? <laughs> um, so for anyone who doesn't know, Dragon Ball is, of course, probably, I would say, the most famous anime in the United States, uh, created by Akira Toriyama, who is much younger than I ever thought that he was. Uh, he is only now 67. And he is taking kind of a backseat, but he's still got some creative control. Because as we know, the series is still continuing with Dragon Ball Super. And then there's all these unofficial ones. Uh, and then there's, of course, the movie that Milos and I reviewed is actually out stateside now. Uh, and that is number one at the box office. Go figure. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I, uh, I usually go back and read, like, Spider-Man and parts of Dragon Ball at least once a year. Uh, I was catching up on Super, and some of it's good, most of it's not. We can maybe get to that somewhere down the road. That won't be today. Uh, but just going back through it, I was like, you know what? I've never read through the original series all the way from the beginning. I found a full-color digital online, said, what the hell? And going through it, I was like, wow, this is, this is pretty good. Uh, and I said to Brendan, I was like, you know what? You want to give it a shot? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to start reading it. What the hell? And uh, here we are today. So, Brendan, what were your initial thoughts upon reading? Initial thoughts? I really, really liked it. Um, you know, always heard about Dragon Ball growing up. Um, 
yeah, I mean, who doesn't know about it? But just I had seen episodes here and there of the various TV shows, but um, reading through it, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Akira Tor- Toriyama has to be, I, I would call him the uh, Japanese Jack Kirby because holy crap, I've read a decent amount of manga. And most of them would start after Dragon Ball. And I now see why pretty much every creator over there, when, you know, it's like, list your, uh, you know, what inspired you the most? Like, almost all of them will, will say Dragon Ball. I mean, I could see how, yeah, it's just, it, it literally inspired all of them. Thinking about, like, especially, like, the big three, which were the next big thing after Dragon Ball, I see so many, like, clear inspirations. Um, I just loved how it's like a, great adventure comic you know i think it works best when it's just you know goku and the crew just looking for the dragon balls and then the best stuff is them just the characters they and interesting places they encounter along the way um yeah i really liked it i think toriyama he's a gifted storyteller he knows how to write and draw great action good story um and yeah just like characters that are interesting and yeah i really liked it okay cool uh milos what was your first exposure to dragon ball the original series and thoughts on it uh, so my original exposure to dragon ball in general was uh the namek saga actually it was the <laughs> same saga followed followed by Mech saga and uh, that was my after that the research into what else Dragon Ball is there started and so we didn't get Dragon Ball on TV or anything like that so I actually had to find it, watch it uh, pretty much binged it quite a few times like definitely like 4 or 5 throughout my last I say last 10-15 years which maybe doesn't sound like a lot but there's a lot of episodes there uh and it's definitely, I mean, it's much different than DZ, but uh, definitely, like, there's still aspects of Dragon Ball that I actually uh, love more than I do uh, certain aspects of Z. Oh, yeah, no, for me, this one is my favorite series. I mean, you know, yes, in the manga, it's back and forth, it's, you know, considered the same thing, but I still consider them two different series, especially just oh, because yeah. of the tone shift, the setting, the plot, everything. Um, yeah, I, I put Dragon Ball above almost all of Z, except for the androids through cell stuff. But I mean, that's just, you know, for lack of a better word, perfection. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Brendan made a number of points that I have in my notes. And, um, you know, one of the things that I like to do in the modern hellscape we live in now is, you know, we make all these claims of, the writing in, in just pretty much everything is so fucking bad now, especially most of Dragon Ball Super. Um, going back and rereading it, and I'm like, all right, does it hold up? Is it as good as I thought it was? And for me, it's, it's a resounding yes. I mean, yeah, there's a few uh, down points here and there. Um, but just the first, what we call saga, I guess, which would be, you know, Emperor Pilaf to basically the first emergence of Shenron, the eternal dragon. Um, the tone that I came up with is basically big trouble in little China meets wizard of Oz. Pretty much. 
Like you've got these characters that are on this kind of like mystical adventure journey, but it's wrapped up in martial arts. There's a quest, but it's kind of the, you know, it's it's the meme of the friends we made along the way. I mean, that's literally how uh, Yamcha and Bulma basically end their point in that arc. And it's like from there, they could have just done a, a repeat of, all right, now we have to go find the Dragon Balls again. But instead, it shifts to Goku is like, well, I kind of want to train with Master Roshi. And um, then it becomes like this, you know, intense martial arts thing through the first uh, Tenkaichi Budokai. And, you know, even Roshi, it's like if, if they made the character today, he either would have been like this complete Mary Sue that's, you know, the best master ever and he never has a, a bad issue uh, or it could have been he sucks at everything and he's just a running joke. And it's a combination of the two, but he's so you know, powerful and he does deliver, even though he's just a complete fucking dirty old man to the point where he's like, you know, sexually harassing Bulma and basically bribing Goku to, you know, he's like, well, if, if I can touch your friend's boobies, like I'll give you the Bancho fan, you know? Yeah, pretty much. You know, a uh, thought just occurred to me. me. Uh, had they made him, had they wrote him today, it'd end up like he was in Dragon Ball Evolution. That's yeah, up exactly. Roshi. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I have a bunch of notes on various things. We can, like, rock it through the different sides. Uh, one thing that I'll say, and I, I know I sent... Um, I said Brendan some clips just from some of the later fights that we could go over. I don't know if he's seen any of the original Dragon Ball anime, especially the American with the voice dubs. Uh, and we'll definitely cover this more in detail when we do the next episode for Dragon Ball Z. But just to get to what uh, Milos was talking about, the distribution for this entire thing is just an absolute nightmare, especially when it comes to the United States. So basically... Funimation gets the rights. Uh, there was an initial dub by Ocean that had completely different voice actors for the most part. They, they had like a couple of the core cast. Everybody else was different. And they released incredibly edited episodes of Dragon Ball Z through the Namek Saga. And then they did just the first, first 13 episodes of Dragon Ball. Uh, for the longest time, these were the only things that were available on DVD. And when they put them on Cartoon Network, they just put this in syndication and ran it over and over and over again. We did not get our first new uncut episode of Dragon Ball Z. Started in 1996, and then the syndication run, I believe, started in 98. We did not get another brand new episode until September of 1999. So anyone who is around my age and watched this shit live, uh, we watched the Namek Saga over and over and over again, and then we would watch oh, the yeah. first 13 episodes of Dragon Ball. Pretty um, much the yep. same. Mine, mine is the Dragon Ball, but yeah, like, I think I rewatched the Namek Saga, like, a zillion times. Yeah, so one of the things that I really thought was interesting, because in the American dub, uh, Stephanie Nadolny, or Nadolny, I don't know how to say her name, uh, she is the voice of Kid Gohan, and um, she is the voice of Kid Goku for all of Dragon Ball. Hmm. 
and basically she does like the exact same voice. I mean, I know voice actors, you know, they can play the same character. So on channel adult Goku, who's like the most known dragon ball voice besides Vegeta, uh, he does Goku and then he does King Kai, which are two very, very different voices, but it's the same guy with Stephanie Nataloni. She does basically the same voice for the kid versions of Gohan and Goku, but they sound completely different. And I was wondering why, uh, and it, apparently it was deliberate, and it's it's a credit to her because she really does not do a different, you know, sounding voice. Um, the actress who plays Goku, and she does Kid Goku and Adult Goku in Japan, is um, how was her name? Masako Norizawa, and Toriyama apparently started writing the manga after how she sounded, and he wrote it to be in her voice. So when the American chick was doing it, she picked up on that and had only that direction to go off of. And she's like, well, I'm going to make Gohan sound like more, you know, earnest and open minded. And I'm going to make Goku sound like a combination of a little bit of a hick and a little bit of a dick. Um, Because, you know, the, the biggest misconception is that a Goku is the main character. I would say absolutely not for Dragon Ball. Uh, and then the other is, you know, oh, he's like this, like goody two shoes, morally upright. And it's like definitely not in Dragon Ball. Arguments can absolutely be made for Z. But and it comes off way, way more in the writing than it does in the anime. But Goku is, is kind of a dick. You know, all he really cares about is getting stronger. He does have kind of a do the right thing morality thing going. But it's more about like saving the day than it is going out of his way to just help people and do nice things um, and um you know another thing there is we don't see flawed characters like that anymore yeah i mean i would say goku i mean what's how do you pronounce the uh cloud uh, so in america it's the flying nimbus in yep. the japanese it was the kinta un okay i mean i would say goku's pretty like in dragon ball at least like I don't really know how you could say he's like a dick. I mean, he like pretty much only helps people, and like you need to be pure of heart to ride that. And he's like one of like I don't know what three characters we see that can, because everyone else just falls through it because you know they've got whatever stain on their heart. <laughs> right. Well, so there's a number of things that get lost in the translation there. Uh, especially for later on in Z, but we'll, we'll get to that because they just completely butchered something in the dubbed. Um, as far as the cloud, yes, it's pure of heart, but it's more a pure being a state of mind. And it's because he has the heart of a warrior, whereas Roshi has the heart of a warrior, but he's also just a complete, like, you know, dirty old man. Um, but I mean, Goku will, like, just relentlessly kill people left and right. I mean, he, he slaughters half of the Red Ribbon army. Yeah, you know, he, I mean, he will bad fight guys, people yeah. and just, you know, he is there intent to kill or, you know, he likes to scheme and, you know, he doesn't really seem to give a shit about collateral damage until much, much later. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the biggest character growth moment for him is when he basically uses the second wish to uh, bring back Opa's father, because that's like the first yes. time he's like, Somebody died because of me. I feel bad about it, and bringing him back would be the right thing to do. Yeah, pretty much. Um, 
Yeah, Goku is like the man. He is the shonen protagonist. I mean, holy crap. I mean, the, I mean, I just see so much of the later ones that clearly come from Goku in my opinion, like Naruto, Luffy, the Bleach guy. Um I liked how oh, yeah, no, uh, he develops yeah, I mean, the world. People, um, you know, even in American comics that Goku inspired over the years. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, but then when you get to Z, it's like, oh, Goku's Superman. And oh, by the way, Vegeta is Zod, which somehow I never made that connection until like a week ago. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, I like yeah, how so Toriyama world builds everything. The supporting cast is all great. I, I will say one thing I need clarification on. But th yeah. I'm assuming this must come later. I've heard like my whole life that Yamcha is this like terrible like loser guy that never wins fights. I mean, I read Dragon Ball. I mean, I guess you know him being a loser that's kind of subjective, but like this whole like oh he never even wins fights that's just like not, not true. true. Um, so Yamcha in Dragon Ball is basically like that's peak Yamcha, peak okay. in Dragon Ball. Everything that happens in Z just. Because okay. like even I was when look when you look at all the characters like even in between tournaments so you have like three year gap in between tournaments and every tournament like all the main characters who are fighting in the tournament like they're taking the time to train to better themselves yes. Yamcha does the same but like as you progress into Z everybody keeps bettering themselves except Yamcha. Okay, like, I, was well, reading, I was wondering like, why so, does everyone hate this well, guy? Yeah, he tries, but. <laughs> So yeah. when it comes to Dragon Ball, Yamcha is basically on the level of Dragon Ball Z's future trunks in terms of how fucking awesome he is and how much everybody loved him. When it comes to Dragon Ball Z, Yamcha is basically like, I don't know, less than Yajirobe, who in both in the beginning is actually pretty good. Um, yeah, he basically just becomes an absolute joke. And I wasn't okay. sure how far you had gotten into Z. But I'm all, by the I end of, Asian, I would man. say, like, the first saga, you'll just be like, holy shit, we're, we're playing with stakes now. Um, okay. But, yeah, so Yamcha, like, when he shows up in Dragon Ball, I mean, he's, like, the elusive desert bandit. Like, everybody who comes in, I love that. Almost everybody that Goku meets immediately is a bad guy, like Oolong. I love that he turns into a giant robot that has hot soup that can somehow burn him, even though he would be the hot soup. Yes. <laughs> I, they, I love how he uses the first every version. adaptation, and I love that. I love how he's the one who gets to first like uh, use the Dragon Balls for a wish. <laughs> yeah, like something like that you would never <laughs> yeah. ever see. They have this big setup of like, oh, these balls are gonna grant you any wish, and you know that Gohan, you know, uh, Grandpa Gohan is dead at this point, so you figure maybe Goku will get to bring him back. And Pilaf obviously wants immortality. And then they basically throw the wish away to save the world, and that becomes a running joke later on, and it's fucking great. Um, yeah, well, Ulong, that, he, he uses it to get panties. That, that's like, well, literally. yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he comes yeah, up with something on the fly, but yeah, he gets panties. Uh, Oolong sadly becomes a completely useless character. Pretty much. That, that, like, that he basically just lives at Master Roshi's and, and does nothing for the rest of time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, once you hit Z, he doesn't even exist. So, so all right. I don't here's know here's about question manga, as, but... we, as we go our arc by arc, uh, of the good guys, who is your favorite character? Hmm. 
of the good guys. Probably is it pronounced. I mean, I really like uh, Krillin. Is that how you pronounce it? It's Krillin, Krillin, and then the Krillin. Japanese would be Karurin. Karurin, yeah. Some of the chapters they had spelled differently, and I figured that, yeah. okay, that must be Japanese. Yeah. yeah, I really like him in Dragon Ball. Um, yeah, he'd probably be my favorite. I like him a lot. Okay, yeah, no, Krillin is cool. Krillin goes up and down in Z. Um, some people, you know, think he's the butt of the joke. Some people think he really rises to the occasion. It's definitely split amongst the fan base. Um, For the most part, Krillin is basically like the strongest human around. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, by far. And also, which, master. Which is I mean, weird, how can you not love? I think it would be Tien, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. And also, of course, I mean, how can you not love Master Roshi? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, I'm curious. In the anime, is mm -hmm. there as much nudity as in the uh, manga? So, like I said, me. there are multiple versions. I have, for Dragon Ball, I have uncut imports that are dubbed. Um, so those are completely uncut. For the most part, they follow the manga to the letter. Uh, there are edited versions. Like, for example, I think we all agree the best fight that Yamcha ever won against the Invisible Man um, yeah. There is an yep. edit where they still go to get Bulma and Master Roshi, but instead of what happened, they throw a random jar of tomato sauce on the Invisible Man. <laughs> uh, whereas in the original, Krillin yeah. gets the idea of, you know, Master Roshi is going to have a comical anime nosebleed if he sees a naked lady, so they grab Bulma and pull her top off, and it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like... um. Yeah, I would describe the manga kind of like what you said, Josh, but also like it just had almost like a, especially with the coloring, because um, I did see there's like a, they re-released it basically all colored. Yeah. It almost has that like silver agey type feel to me. Just with yeah, the way absolutely. the art's done. Absolutely. The, the writing, silver agey, but like, I don't know, kind of like with modern, more modern kind of writing mixed in with it, which it really, like, it pretty much all worked for me for the most part. Um, like it, it's just the perfect blend of like it knows like when to get serious, but also like when to just you know just have a chapter where it's just basically just nonstop fighting for twenty pages, you know, with you know cool ass you know fight scenes. Um, yeah, the tournaments are so good. Um, yeah, I mean, like you take something like Krillin versus Bacterian, which for anybody who doesn't know, Bacterian is basically just a fucking slob. And he uses things like he's going to grab his dirty balls and throw the stink at you. Oh, yeah. Um, and <laughs> Krillin, so the running joke with Krillin, which comes up later, especially in Dragon Ball Z, Krillin does not have a nose. And that's not an artistic oversight. That's deliberate. He was born without a nose. Um, so basically, there's different translations of he's either able to win the fight because he doesn't have a nose uh, or he's just able to overcome it. But there are, like, this is the one and only time they refer to, like, Krillin is able to smell things, and, like, that's why he's losing. But, uh, you know, Krillin wins that fight by overpowering him and then, like, farting on his face. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the tournaments definitely make it. Um, the anime tournaments are even better because they're longer. I mean, they, they really stretch those out. Uh, and then the guy who is the announcer, who stays the this announcer the from Dragon Ball all the way through Z. 
that voice actor just fucking nails it. He is like, he makes those tournaments. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, tournaments for him, like, really... but not as much. Because even as a kid, when I was watching that, like, sure, it was the tournaments were great, the fights were great for the, you know, but the announcer was the best part, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just to, to kind of go through the arcs, you know, we, we start with the Pilaf arc. Uh, oh, my favorite character for Dragon Ball is definitely Bulma. Um, I love Bulma in Z, but she kind of takes a backseat. And then Bulma in Super, it, it just makes me want to die. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, like that's, that's pretty much it for that. Um, I A lot of the characters in Dragon Ball, like, definitely work for me. It, it's sad how a lot of them end up in Z. Um, I love Launch. Sadly, Toriyama forgets about her, like, 20 issues into Dragon Ball Z. And it becomes a running joke of what happened to Launch. Okay. Um, yeah, they, I think they say like, "Oh, she went out looking for Tien, and that was five years ago, and nobody ever saw her again." And then there's like one anime edit in like the last couple episodes where they just see her and like she's opened up a, a food stand because the Japanese name for her was lunch, so it was, she had like something called the lunchbox. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Her name did change. Um, yeah, well, so there. I mean, almost every character set is done to be puns. You know, Bulma apparently means panties or bloomers. Uh, in some translations, she's called bloomers. She has a sister who is named Briefs. Or, I'm sorry, the last name is Briefs. Her, her sister's name is Tights. Uh, her son's name is Trunks. Her daughter's name is Bra. You know, um, Goku and Vegeta are vegetable things. They have basically all the Saiyans come in later. They're all vegetables. Um, Chi Chi apparently means boobs, and there's a lot of like inside the panel jokes about it. Like, there's something where like Roshi says, you know, well, I want to see her Chi Chi's, but not hers. You know, she's too young for me. And it's like people wouldn't get that. Um, as far as the Japanese names, I, I did give you a basic translation guide mostly for techniques and stuff. Um, while I was doing some research, I actually learned something, and that is, you know, the Japanese word for turtle is kame, which would be K-A-M-E in, in English. Oh, okay. uh, obviously, the character who in this series is just called God is referred to as Kami, K-A-M-I, yeah. in the anime. Um, so I was wondering why, because Roshi's house, it just says, it's written out as Kame house, and then, of course, the signature attack is the Kamehameha, you know. Um so obviously that's named after a very famous Hawaiian king, King Kamehameha. Um, and it's interesting to me because every character will pronounce it differently, especially when they do the attack. The one and only time we ever get it referred to in a complete English name, it's called the Turtle Destruction Wave. Apparently, he wanted to integrate just the word Kame, and his wife was like, well, why don't you just put it in the Kamehameha? And because it's a wave that'll be Goku's signature attack. And it stuck because that is still his signature attack. Interesting. Um, another one that I really think is cool, especially when it first came around, that the translation absolutely butchered, is Tien does the Kikoho, which yes. translates to Spirit Cultivation Gun, 
because it's a powerful blast that is supposed to be made up from the essence of your soul. And especially when he was first using it, they kept saying, like, if it'll kill you, yeah, Han, you could die mm-hmm. in America, they call it the tri beam because he makes a fucking triangle. It's a triangle, like, yeah. <laughs> and the best part is when he does the attack, especially in Z. It's the shape of a trapezoid. So it, it's like they called it a tri-beam because he has three eyes. Yeah, I really liked, uh, speaking of him, the, uh, what's his name, Mercenary Tao, that like mini arc. Where oh, yeah, I was going to say, so for, for uh, evil characters, who's your favorite and why is it Tao? Because he's the fucking man. <laughs> yeah, Tao. I, I love when he shows back up at the, sec- is it the second tournament. Yep. And it's just like a, almost instantly just like, just destroyed. Third tournament is uh, when he fights. So, yeah, so it's the third one because everybody okay, thought he was dead. I just wanted to blow him up. My, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Before we no, the grenade blew him up. Right. Uh, but before uh, we jump into the why is it Tao, my favorite good guy in Dragon Ball is Android Eight. Okay, good old Eater. He looked like a Frankenstein. <laughs> Exactly. I don't know something about him and the I can't remember the name of the little girl. That I can't remember the name of the little my, girl right now. Yeah. That, I love that mini arc where it's kind of like each chapter it's like, you know, Goku's on a new floor of the Red Ribbon Army oh. building. Who's he got to fight this time? I loved how they did that. Oh, Muscle Tower, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um, so just to, to set the stage and go through the arcs, we had the Pilaf, then we have the first tournament uh, and then after that, so basically what we learned in the first tournament, because again, this could have made or break the entire series. Master Roshi enters as Jackie Chun because Toriyama is obsessed with Jackie Chan. Uh, he even said, you know, if they were able to make the live action movie 20 years earlier, he would have wanted Jackie Chan. Um, Roshi's whole thing is not that he wants to win. It's that he doesn't want his students to win. And yes. again, Michael McFarlane, who has voiced Roshi in pretty much everything for the dubs, really just fucking nails this whole speech because it's like, you know, when he's talking to, um, what the hell's his name, Nam, the Indian guy who, who wanted to get water for his village, he says, yep. you know, Goku and Krillin are at the top of the peak of the world of martial arts, but they're so young and unfocused that if they were to enter and win the tournament, they would just give up and not care and basically squander their talents and go on to become assholes. It's like, I have to be in this tournament and not let them win because that way they'll want to continue training hard and, you know, hone their minds and their bodies and basically do the right thing. And that becomes the whole message of his school. And like a lot of his training is just basically the extreme most karate kid of paint defense where he has them like, killing fields with bare hands and doing moving mountains, <laughs> pushing boulders and uh, swimming with literal sharks in a lake. I love it. It's just like, there's a shark in this lake for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Basically he even says he's like, he wants them to know that there's always someone stronger than them. Right. And like, Which that's basically defines Goku's working. entire life. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, after the... Also the main reason in the second tournament, why he uh, just steps out of the ring Guess TN because in TN he sees that Goku is gonna have yep. who can rival him. Well, not only that, he's also like already teaching and reaching TN because TN at that point is evil 
And he's like, you know, you're my rival school. Why are you not trying to kill me? And he's like, it's not worth it. You're the future, you know? Go fuck yourself. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's interesting because it brings up one of the main kind of points of Dragon Ball is basically that every uh, villain slash enemy that Goku kind of runs into, uh, he eventually turns into an ally slash friend. And yes, which is one of the very really leading moments of Super that I love because yep. they say that in the Tournament of Power. But when you look at it, like it kind of really starts with Tien. I mean, that one was on Roshi, not on Goku. Right. Well, a lot of the people like that Goku picks up along the way realize that everything that Goku was started with Roshi. And Goku is always going on to like train with someone else, be it, you know, Kami and Popo or Korin or King Kai. Everybody else just goes to Roshi. Yep. Yep. Pretty much. And uh, they basically just like stay there. And then Goku comes back and he's like, well, I'm a hundred million times more powerful than you, and you're irrelevant now. Fuck you. Yep. <laughs> but, um... So, yeah, basically, uh, we, we've covered it before in the other shows, but what are the Dragon Balls? There's seven magic orbs. We don't really get more than that in this series. Uh, you get one wish. You get the Eternal Dragon. Shenron pops out. He can only grant you a wish which was within his power, which does come up later. Uh, once you make the wish, they turn into rocks for a year, and they would have to be gathered again. So Goku started out living in the woods with his grandfather, Gohan, who had trained under Roshi. Uh, Goku becomes a giant monkey and steps on him, uh, but he doesn't know that yet. So all he has left of his grandfather is the four-star Dragon Ball. Every one of them has a corresponding number of stars. So he's obsessed with this four-star ball for the rest of his life and just always wants it as a memento to his grandfather. So after this tournament, he basically says, like, all right, well, I've got nothing to do until the next one. I'm going to go out and look for this ball. And there's really no direction. He doesn't have a wish. He just wants to get it back. Um, and that's when we find out, you know, the Red Ribbon Army is on it, led by General Red. Every person in the army is a corresponding color. Uh, every person in the army has their own unique, ridiculous personality. You know, you have General Blue, who's just openly gay, and, like, they're making, like, you know, all these homophobic jokes on him. Um, and then, like, Bulma's, like, trying to seduce him because they're, like, in an underwater pirate cave, and yeah. he's going to kill them all. And, and she's like, oh, and, you know, depending on the translation, she either calls him uh, a poof, a fag, or, you know... She's like, I guess you don't really like girls that much. Um, and then Krillin is, is just like completely giving it to him. Um, I don't remember if Colonel Silver was in both, but he's definitely in the anime. You've got uh, Violet, who's like the only female member. And then Goku basically goes to Muscle Tower because it's 1986 or 1987. And everything is, you know, America versus Russia, which obviously Goku is not American. It was not an American series, but there's like this weird gray area through Z where it's like, well, Goku kind of lives in Japan because he lives in Mount Pao's, but Bulma sometimes lives in Japan and sometimes West City is in America. Um, go figure. Yeah. So they, they really do the whole like Cold War thing. And basically Goku invades Mega Man 4 and he's got the little girl and Ader. Uh, completely just dismantles Muscle Tower, 
the final boss of which is Major Metallotron, who looks exactly like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the first Terminator movie, like down to the hair. And um, from there, it's like, okay, well, everything's back to normal. Goku goes back to Master Roshi. And it's like, well, it's time for another tournament. And um, that's when we get to... Oh, no, first they, they go to Fortune Teller Baba because they need to find out like where the final fall is. And well, then, that's when uh, the... They, they bring in yeah. Tao, who we did not mention. General Tao cannot fly because he doesn't fucking need to. He will cut down a tree or the nearest fucking pillar, throw it into yep. the air, and then super leap, and then just ride it to his destination. It is the coolest oh. fucking thing I've ever seen in my life that any villain has ever done. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, General Tao is introduced to show off his power in like the best way imaginable because General Blue is basically just a guy, but he's got some kind of psychic power where he can like freeze you. Uh, Tao kills him with his tongue. He just like tongues him in the side of the head and just impales him. Um, you know, Tao is like super meticulous. He will not fight with his hands unless he has to. He goes to a tailor and, and like threatens him and he's like, you know, just make me a new suit and we'll be all good. And then basically destroys the whole village anyway. Uh, it's during this time that Goku meets Upa and Upa's father, who I don't remember if he had a name. I think it's Bora, but that Bora, might just yeah. be in the anime. Bora is in the anime. I don't know about the manga. They, they live at the base of Korin's tower. All we know is that Korin is like this mystical person who might or might not have trained Roshi at some point. Um, it takes Goku something like three days to climb the tower, and then we find out that Korin is a cat. And it's at this point that we'll say, the world of Dragon Ball is fucking weird. Um, there are dinosaurs, which, according to Beerus, he shit the bed on that one. Uh, dinosaurs are just out in the open living amongst people, and they seem to be primal beasts, but sometimes they can talk and fight in world tournaments. Uh, yeah, and then there are just random anthropomorphic animals that are, you know, basically civilians holding down jobs. The king of the world is a dog, and he stays the king of the world for a really long time. Uh, there are still all the world governments and religions, so it just gets very, very weird. Um, continuity, for the most part, stays, but especially when we get to Z, they will repeatedly tell us like Goku and Saiyans cannot survive in space. Uh, so I always like to remind people that Goku put a rabbit on the moon. Yep. Uh, which, uh, when they, they bring that line up at, like, the most amazing point of the Abridged series, and I think it's Cell just goes, what? <laughs> and, like, nobody says anything else, because that's all you gotta say. Um, and just keep in mind, Goku, uh, Goku used Master, Master Roshi, Master Roshi, Master Roshi blows up the said moon with the rabbit on it. Yes, and then at some point somebody like, pushes it back, which becomes a running joke because they're like, well, didn't the moon go away? Uh, and they have to write around that. It comes back yeah. in Z. And they, there's another thing with it. But um, I was worried about that. That is like never brought up again after Roshi does that, like so far. Well, I mean, it kind of is with Manwolf. Yeah, when Manwolf becomes mad because he can never turn back to human again because yeah. there's no moon. Right, but that, that happens... Um... That's in the Doesn't tournament that when he finds yeah. uh, Jackie Chan. 
Yeah, that's the the second tournament. Um, yep. But I think one thing that they left out of the translation um, in the manga is the stick that he uses. In in the English, it's called the power pole, and he actually has to say power pole extend. And its mystical property is it will grow to the size that is needed at any given time it's being used. In the manga, it basically just says, like, bow, extend, or bow, go. And, like, it's never explained, and he basically just whacks people with the stick. Sometimes it can go really high. Sometimes it doesn't go that far at all. So I think that is something they fleshed out better. Uh, They do more with the flying Nimbus. I love that Roshi has a fucking baby Gamera. And we only see it once. <laughs> yeah. When he goes to uh, put out the fire mountain, they're like, you know, well, you can't ride the cloud. And he's like, that's okay. Camera. <laughs> and it just shows up. Um, so after the Corrin's Tower, there's the uh, like afterlife tournament. They go to meet Fortune Teller Baba, who. I don't remember if they say it in Dragon Ball. So we're here, it's Roshi's sister, and she's basically just a really cartoon witch. Oh yeah, no that. And um, yeah. so just just some context. Uh, once Bora dies, they go into search for Dragon Balls to bring him back to life. Right. They find the six balls. They can't find the seventh ball. That's why they go to Fortune Teller Baba. Right, right. And she, her stipulation is like, you have to fight my five fighters, and they quickly realize like this is pretty supernatural and they're all dead people. And they're mostly like, you know, horror movie monsters. You've got like a Dracula, you got a mummy, uh, you've got the invisible man you've got, who's basically supposed to be the devil. Although they'll retcon that later. Uh, and then there's a, a mysterious fighter with a rabbit mask. And I think it's one of the best moments in dragon ball is when Goku is able oh. to fight the spirit of Gohan and then they have their reunion. And I remember watching it and thinking, like, this has to be filler. And while I was reading through it for the first time, I was like, it's really going to suck that that's not in there. And I was so happy that it was because it's even fucking better on the page. Yeah. But especially uh, in the I dub, remember watching, whoever the voice actor was, Grandpa Gohan. Huh? Watching it as a kid, I didn't get the significance. significance. Yeah. Of it, but it's definitely like uh, the third tournament of power is probably the best thing Dragon Ball did. Yeah, but right below that, like, but uh, emotionally, like the Gohan Goku moment is like cried, man. That's all I'm gonna say. It's that oh, absolutely, good. and I, I love how you know he's like, oh, I don't want to be wished back. I enjoy the afterlife. You know, I just want to make sure that you go on, like, do the right thing and save the world and then that's where we find out from Baba that Goku is going to save the world because we get yep. our next tournament and it's it's a pretty good tournament we get like Goku versus Krillin um you know Yamcha gets bodied here Tien just fucking breaks his arm or his leg I think and um you know we we get Chaozu still has relevance and magic powers um you know there's the whole feud with the Crane school and like the second that this tournament is over, which you know, a, a big misconception is oh, Goku like never loses a fight, especially in Dragon Ball. Goku loses all the time. So in the first tournament, <laughs> Jackie Chun is able Jackie to beat Chun. him because he's 
taller and he lands a kick to his ribs and they're both so exhausted they just have to basically stand up for a 10 count like a last man standing match and Goku just can't do it he passes out so Jackie Chun wins um and then in the next tournament it comes down to Goku versus Tien and they both get tossed out of the ring and at this point like people can sort of fly but not really Goku can't he used the cloud in the previous tournament and they banned it uh, and then he basically became Tails from Sonic and used his tail, but he doesn't have that anymore, so he can't be a helicopter. And they're both just, like, falling to the earth. There's nothing that can prevent them from hitting the ground. It's whoever hits first. And, like, Goku gets hit by, like, a Jeep. And because of the impact, he hits the ground first, so he loses. But Tien is like, it doesn't really count as a win. And it just further encourages him to, like, train harder and do the right thing. So they're all, like, the best of friends. The day is saved. They're going to go out to dinner. And oh, by the way, Krillin's fucking dead. <laughs> yep. And yeah. like, they they walk in, and like the announcer who was there at the time is like, um, "This fucking monster just showed up and killed Krillin. What the hell is going on?" So what's going on is we have like our first major real real villain because you know Pilaf just wanted immortality, and he's kind of a cartoon character. Uh, General Red wanted to be taller because he was a midget. And we now have the Demon King Piccolo has returned from this banishment oh, yeah. that we don't really know much about yet. And he has minions, and one of his minions named Tambourine has just absolutely killed Piccolo. But uh, not Piccolo, sorry, Krillin. But the yeah. reason they did this was to actually steal the roster from the announcer of all the finalists because we find to out. Hunt them down. <laughs> He wants to hunt them down because a master a long, long time ago by the name of Mutai Ito, who is the master of both um, the uh, crane hermit, I can't remember his name right now. Um, guy, yeah. He developed a technique called the Mafuba, or the evil containment wave, and um, was able to seal away the demon king Piccolo. So knowing that this guy had students and they're probably still alive. There's all these powerful people winning these tournaments. King Piccolo is winning. So he starts just having his kill everybody who's ever been in these tournaments, except for Ramfan, who tried to win a tournament by stripping. And um, it's it just really raises the stakes on Dragon yes. Ball because like all these characters, you know, a lot of them were just like friends, and then even the ones who were like one-time adversaries, like Kieran the Dragon, um, they're just like absolutely bodied and this is just pissing off Goku because everything he's gone through with saving Upa's father and stopping the Red Ribbon Army so Goku tries to take on King Piccolo who's old and just gets absolutely destroyed almost killed. <laughs> Tao almost kills Goku um, but he had the Dragon Ball in his shirt which blocked the full force of the Dodon Ray. This time the way you look at it, I say that Goku died because there's a panel of him where he's fucking dead and Yajirobe basically is there. He's like, yeah, Goku's heart stopped, uh, but he is able to revive him. And what we don't learn until much later is when a Saiyan dies or almost dies, uh, they get a noticeable power increase. Now, that didn't exist yet, but it was in the back of his mind. Uh, otherwise, the Dragon Ball 
Goku will kind of find like these mystical power increases or just like through extreme training. So there's um, like Corrin's tower has the. Then like later on after the Piccolo thing, you know, he'll go up to Kami's lookout or God's palace and uh, there's a power increase waiting for him there. So for the King Piccolo thing, it's basically just training and, you know, grit because he wants to bring back his friends. Um, he basically just takes out all of King Piccolo's minions. King Piccolo does end up getting his wish. He wishes to be young to the prime of his life. Um, Tien starts training with Roshi, sees Roshi try to do the Mafuba, but it kills him. And, like, Tien learns it on the fly, and he tries to do it. And there's this, like, weird joke where, like, the jar that you use is a electric rice cooker. So, like, all these weird, like, Japanese food containers just keep coming out when they try to do this attack. And even though Tien is able to master it, he uses, like, a broken one, where he broke it in the training. So it doesn't work. And... Piccolo beats him within an inch of his life and he can't move. So at that point, he relies on Chiaotzu to try to stop the wish. And like Chiaotzu pops out and just says, like, I wish King Piccolo. And like Piccolo just looks at him and just fucking kills him. And if you hate Chiaotzu as much as I do, it's one of the best moments ever. <laughs> I concur. Uh, there, there is another one later on we'll talk about. But yeah, no, it's, oh, yeah. it's great. <laughs> Uh, well, let's not spoiler the, things. <laughs> the, the Goku versus King Piccolo fight is and also probably just, the... uh, once once King Piccolo makes the wish, he actually destroys Shenron, the dragon. Yes, yep. he does. Right? Yeah, he he basically just is like, all right, I don't need you anymore, and fucking kills him. Uh, so now there's no Dragon Balls, and there's this unstoppable King Piccolo. So Goku meets him, ready to face him down, and Tien is there. So Piccolo says, you know, take another step and I'll kill Tien, and we're at the point now where Goku won't let that happen, and he knows there's no Dragon Balls to wish him back. So Piccolo starts throwing rocks at Goku and breaks every one of his his limbs, he breaks all of his legs, and he breaks one of his arms, leaves with one arm, and Goku is able to channel whatever power he has left and energy into that one last arm to do a one-handed Kamehameha rocket into the air and then basically use an attack that doesn't come back around until a very end of Dragon Ball Z movie. Um, and he just delivers one final punch and flies right through him. And it's great. And as he's dying, King Piccolo coughs up an egg, which is now his offspring Piccolo Jr. Who will go on to avenge him. Uh, and what's crazy about this is the end of the series is set four years later. So, like, the start of Dragon Ball Z, Piccolo is only, like, four years six old. Years yeah. old. Uh, and then that brings us to the 23rd Tenkaichi Budokai, which is the big final showdown. Uh, we get our Goku and Chi-Chi reunion, where he told her that he would come back to marry her and forgot, and she's all pissed off. Um, there's a, a series of really good fights, and uh, Kami, or God, who Goku had been training with, has entered just possessing the body of a mortal civilian, 
and it ends in just an epic blowout with Goku versus Piccolo Jr. Yeah. Where he's like, you know, threatening to kill Proud and everything. Uh, Yeah. Basically, as far as fights themselves, and like, I think generally the 23rd tournament is probably like the best of Dragon Ball. It's like one big culmination of everything that happened. And uh, oh, yeah. when uh, when Goku was training with Kami, Kami being basically so Piccolo was the evil of Kami in order to become God. He basically had to release all the evil from himself or something like that. And basically, yeah. when the the reason why Goku went up there in the first place wasn't just to train, was that it was because Kami could rebuild the Dragon Balls and bring back Shenron, which in turn gonna revive everybody King Piccolo killed. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I think they missed the mark on in the manga versus in the anime, the connection point from Corrin's Tower, which is right below the lookout, but like way, way below, and then the lookout is just this floating platform uh, with the palace on it. You use the power pole to connect from one point to the other, and then there's like a port and a ladder on the bottom of the lookout. That's the first time that like anyone has ever gone there, because like yep. Roshi had been to Corrin's Tower, he got yep. reality, um, did all this other shit, but no one had ever been to the lookout. So basically, what they say here, and you know, this is something that just always happens in like comic books and any kind of fictional universe that kind of follows our own. Kami is the modern incarnation of what is essentially the Judeo-Christian God. uh, And what he says later is that there was another one before him who either was killed or or wanted to die, depending on the translation. And he was, because he was able to expel the evil side of himself, who at this point is just a demon, um, they find him worthy for the task. So he's able to take on the role. When Goku defeats Piccolo Jr., Kami then offers him the position. And, you know, depending on the translation, he basically says, do you and your wife want to become the new god of the world versus, you know, do you want to go live on the lookout? And in both translations, Goku is just like, no, I'm good. And that's the end of that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So the only things that I think were better in the anime and most of it's like filler that just wasn't there uh a lot of it comes in with the lookout because mr popo has like really intense training for goku there's fights with him one-on-one he creates a like clay doll that's just called goku's doll and it basically is a clone uh and then they do a setup for something that'll come back around in z they basically have this room that's called the room of spirit and time or the hyperbolic time chamber. And it has multifunctions. It's either like the holodeck from star Trek and it can send you back in time to a simulation or it's this infinite void where you could train and a year in there is only 24 hours on the outside, which they make good use of later. Um, So what Goku does in the anime is he sent back in time to when Roshi and the Crane Hermit are like teenagers and he goes to train with Master Mutaido and like goes on to inspire them. 
And uh, I think he actually teaches Roshi the Kamehameha. Mm. Um, there's a few other like random episodes that are pretty good. With Dragon Ball, there are three movies. And the way the Dragon Ball movies work is they're all set in their own continuity that's like a multiverse. Or not a multiverse, like an alternate universe. Um, and then they did a anniversary movie called Path to Power, which is just like a reimagining of everything from the first episode through the Red Ribbon Army, and it's great. Um, they're pretty okay. I mean, when it comes to Z, I'll definitely recommend you some movies. I think I already did. Um, and then there's the 1991 live action, which nobody but me watched, and that's okay, because we watched something even worse. Milos, take it away. <laughs> Well, if you, you ever wanted to reach into a toilet full of shit and just smear your face in it, <laughs> this comes about as close as you can get. <laughs> and for some reason, it's only the second worst anime turned live action movie out there because somebody a year later decided to live action it. Avatar, the last airbender, which is even worse. But God, oh, yeah. I watched this. I remember, so it was 2008. I was still in high school. And I heard the rumors and rumblings of a Dragon Ball being turned into a movie. And I was so, I, I'm not sure I have ever been that happy. And then I watched it. And all that enthusiasm and will to live just kind of whittled <laughs> away. So nothing is because God, this it was awful. And I told myself I will never watch this again. And somehow, for the purpose of this uh, podcast, I rewatched it. And surprisingly, I hated it even more than when I watched it the first time. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, <laughs> Dragon Ball Evolution. There's a lot I'm going to say about it. Not that I would ever promote. Cinema sins as as a good thing or a positive thing, but I will always say when they do something that's good, it is the only movie I've ever seen where after they do their sins video, they explain that it's such a departure from the source material. They go through and point out just how much they have never done that before, and they have never done that since. Um, oh wow! So you know, in in Dragon Ball, Goku is based on the Chinese legend folklore of Sun Wukong, who's the Monkey King, and we meet him. He's literally boy raised by wolves, and Grandpa Gohan, who also was like kind of feral. Like Grandpa Gohan was a weird dude, which really comes across in the uh, Adventure Begins, the 1991 live action movie, because uh, he's alive in that one until he's not. Whereas in Dragon Ball, he's already dead. And, like, Goku is, like, you know, naked and using his tail to catch fish and talking to rocks and thinks that cars are monsters. He's never seen a girl before. I mean, he's as wild as you can get. In this one, somehow, they got fucking Justin Chatwin to be Goku. And he goes to high school like he's Gohan in the end of Dragon Ball Z when it's terrible. He has, like, a social life and birthday parties and responsibilities like, Goku didn't know that Bulma hadn't turned into a turtle. Goku accused Chi-Chi and a mermaid of being boys because he was unable to tell the difference in the person's gender because he'd never met different aged people before. 
Like Goku is the epitome of fish out of water, and it works because he lives in this world. He's just that fucking into the weeds. In the movie, he's basically just like this lame kid who gets picked on at school. Yeah. Um, it was directed by James Wong, who he's done Final Destination 1, which I think a lot of people like. I love Final Destination 3, the one with the roller coaster, which he did. Uh, he did the 2006 Black Christmas, which for many, many years, people were like, this one sucks. Um, it's not great, especially if you love the original. But now that the 2019 one exists, go back and revisit it. <laughs> um, the screenplay is by Ben Ramsey, who had never really written anything we've heard of. Seven years later, he apologized. <laughs> it was shot yep. mostly in Mexico, even though it's supposed to be based in America, Japan. Uh, Ron Perlman turned down the role of Piccolo to do Hellboy 2. I think <laughs> the only positive, and I'm not even like being completely serious, is James Marsters, who's Spike from Buffy, plays Piccolo in this movie. I think he's great. I think he's the only part of this movie that's worth watching at all. Uh, apparently, and I mean, knowing James Marsters, this doesn't surprise me, he was a fan of the original series, and he immediately went and like powered through all the manga and was just like, I want to nail the voice of this character. And I think he did, with what he had, he did a good job. Um, um, yeah, I was yeah, just about for, to for say, what he, he had. didn't have much. Uh, go ahead. So, yeah, yeah, I guess for what he you know, has. My, my note says, everything else sucks. Here's the plot. Roshi is Chow Yun Fat. Um, so 2,000 years ago, the Demon King Piccolo comes to Earth, and he has a minion, Ozaru the Great Ape. Now, we know that Ozaru is the Japanese word for the were-monkey, or great ape, that Goku turns into under the full moon. Um, Goku has been doing that in the series, like, his entire life, anytime there was a full moon that he laid eyes on. It's what kills his grandfather. In this, so, somehow this monster has never come out, even though he's about to have his 18th birthday and he goes to a populated high school. Um... They so weirdly, by, the, by what they, the way they set it up in the movie, which is totally stupid, but Ozaru comes out once Goku turns eighteen, and behold, the movie happens when Goku's eighteenth birthday is there. So it's that's yeah. how they explained it. Yeah, um, they weirdly combined like characters that they didn't even need to include. Um, so, like, they, they combine Mai, who is a henchman of Emperor Pilaf, completely useless until Dragon Ball Super, um, and they merged her with Quar, so now she's a shapeshifter, yeah. but they also merged her with Pasta, who is a non-canon movie character from the, um, like, one of the, the original Dragon Ball movies, like Curse of the Blood Rubies, I think, um, they do have Bulma, but it's Emmy Rossum. And what really blew my mind was, like, knowing these two from Shameless, I figured somebody watched Shameless and was like, you know who would be great in a Dragon Ball movie? These two. Shameless came out five years after this movie, which means somebody watched this fucking movie, saw the two of them together with absolutely no chemistry in a live-action Dragon Ball movie, and said, you know who would be great for my show? I, I'm, I'm glad they did, because they were great and shameless, but holy shit. Um, yeah, I mean, like, basically, they, they have 
I liken this one to the Super Mario Brothers movie, where it's like it's not only live action and set in the quote unquote real world, it just misses the mark on everything from the lore to the story to the characters. But unlike that, it doesn't have its fun, campy moments. It's just painful. It is really like a, maybe the first five minutes I was thinking, oh, this is going to be a so good, it's bad. But then it is just really fucking boring, I thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like there's no there's no tournaments. There's no I mean, you know, like they didn't do anything with Roshi they didn't do anything with Palma and Roshi. I mean, that's some of the best parts of the, just the two of them playing off of each other. It's like everybody in the series regards Roshi as like amazing master. And then the people who know, oh, he's just a dirty old man, like they give him a pass because he's that good. Bulma will call him on his shit from the first moment she meets him, even though she knows he is legit. And she'll use herself to manipulate him, like basically for the rest of the series. Um, you know, and then they bring in Launch, who we didn't really explain character she's an absolute sweetheart until she sneezes uh then she becomes the first super saiyan and her hair turns yep. blonde and she's gun and just starts holding up banks and killing people wherever she is so she ends up on the run from the cops and goku basically rescues her and she lives at master roshi's basically the rest of the series she's incredibly attractive so roshi's always trying to get pants and he like constantly, feel, like especially in the, oh my God, there's like where she made her under the table to her skirt, and while there, and he's like laying, and his nose is bleeding. And like, for the chair, and he ends up like breaking. His I mean, none of those are in this movie. None of them. They really break Amcha in like minutes, and he sucks. <laughs> Now, now this I can understand why people like would hate Yamcha because oh my god, in this movie he just sucks. Yeah. Um, um, there's, there's yeah, no they TM essentially just try to speed run the friend. whole series. Okay. Brendan, what'd you say about that? Well, uh, to me, it just felt like they were essentially trying to speed run the first like however many chapters of it um and yeah. yeah just none of it works um it's everything's bad and nothing's like like i said they're trying to just speed rush it all so that nothing can be like expanded upon it's like just new scene new scene new thing is introduced that never comes up again mm -hmm. and uh yeah um they weirdly will use like japanese names for things like i don't know why like the Call it the the Mufuba, They call it the Ozaru. Um, they uh, they do have Dragon Balls, but they don't really do fuck all in this movie. Uh, they also don't look like the Dragon Balls. Like it was the easiest thing in the world to just have orange balls with stars on them. Um, yeah. <laughs> nope. You'd think. And let's not even let's, don't even get me started on Shenron, who looks like a fish, like. You know, in, in the anime, and I'm guessing in the manga, like he's this imposing, like he takes up the whole screen. Really yeah. To, like they always, they always zoom out just to yeah. show like the whole run. Here he's like three feet long. Yeah. No, I mean, like you'll you'll see just his emerging from the balls, like you know the the 
pull a whip, Shenron, take up the whole screen, they'll go to a dot, and the whole sky is black. And, I mean, they, they've had instances, depending on where there literally there's a movie. Shenron didn't come out because there's not enough space for him. Let's move the balls and do it over here. I mean, it's insane. Um, yep. Yeah, they, um, they, they really like just it's like the live action Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds, but at least that one had some adherence to the story and the character. Oh, I, I would say, that, yeah, that movie is a million times closer than this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are like strange place names, like somebody looked it up on Wikipedia, but I don't know if it existed back then. Like they have houses in the city. Uh, Goku goes to the art Cool. They have the four star ball, but for like no reason. Um, this absolute piece of crap to 58 million. It's been in the R99 TV since uh, the second enemy at Airbender. If Netflix, Netflix, but you know, um, they have, oh, I, I would say Death Note Netflix is way better. I don't know about that. They have the awful, awful Goku versus King Piccolo fight where Goku basically does the Kamehameha and it's it's kind of like the live action Mortal Kombat ending, which of course is a million times better and we all generally like that movie. Um, where Liu Kang like does a fireball for the very first time. Goku does this horrendous looking Kamehameha and they try to do the thing where he like flies up and punches through him, but it just all gets lost in the effect, and it's god awful. Uh, Justin Chatwin put up a video during COVID because he wasn't relevant anymore, and he's like, you know, I've been all over the world. I could be in Brazil. I could be in China. People will just come to me and start doing my power up face. In Dragon Ball, um, yeah. As far as Dragon Ball movies, so you have uh, uh, Curse of the Blood Rupees. It's okay. It's nothing special. Uh, the second one was Sleeping Princess and Devil Castle. That's pretty cool. There's definitely at least a reveal in that one. Um, like I said, the movies follow their own different universe continuity. So the three are all based on each other. Like They're all sequels. Um, they bring in Launch, I believe, in the second one. And then she's around third one. In the third one, Chaozu and Tian come in, and Chaozu is like Emperor of China. Um, he's not in the main series for Dragon Ball or Z, but he is referred to as the Emperor Chaozu a number of times. Um, his magic powers are never explained in anything. Like a weird midget that looks like a doll that has psychic powers. Mm. But yeah, that's basically it. Uh, Dragon Ball Evolution does blow the big reveal of, oh, Goku is actually a space alien, which will definitely come around in Z. Um, yeah, I, I think we're going to um, The first part do would be after Namek and the fight with Frieza. Um, and then, you know, if you want to keep going from there, which I'm sure you will, we can figure out a third show and what we want to cover in that one. Um, for Z, I think 
you know, read up to Frieza. I gave you the uh, the chapters, numbers. Uh, watch the series. You don't have to watch like the real anime, but the abridged series. It definitely starts off rough. They even just put up a, a creator comment first episode, and they were, oh my god, this is terrible. I would say third or fourth episode, it starts to get wobble. They're only like six at that point. Um, from that on, it gets really good. They find their footing on Namek, and from there to the end of Frieza, it's great. After that, it gets even better, and that's where like the best of Z comes in. Um, I wouldn't recommend watching that or reading it first. Either way, you'll still enjoy it, but um, I think that'll definitely be the best way to go. Um, for Dragon Ball Z, Again, all the movies set in their own continuity universe, uh, except the first one, which is debatable. It's basically like a soft lead-in between Dragon Ball into Z. Uh, it's called Dead Zone. It doesn't come back around in the manga, but in Z in the anime, there's a mini filler arc, which I actually think is great. Like Most people are like, oh, it's stupid, and I'm like, you just don't like filler? or I don't know, you don't like weird fucking vampires. Um, but uh, Dead Zone is definitely a recommend. I think I said watch the movie for that one because I think it's only like 12 minutes and it's funny. Uh, uh, But yeah, no, we we can, you know, down the road, figure out what we want to do as far as covering Z. Um, Any other thoughts on Dragon Ball? Um, No, I feel like we pretty much cover it all. It's a very good series. Um, really, nails just like the like ad- if you're into like adventure type series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with memorable characters and good fights. So yeah, I'd recommend. I mean, you have you to say keep in your mind that favorite arc was and your favorite attack. Hmm. Favorite arc? I mean, probably the the third tournament. And okay. favorite fight? I mean, it's got to be Goku versus Piccolo or Piccolo Two, Junior. whatever you would call it. Uh huh. Um. Yeah. Uh, Milos, what about you? So, as far as favorite arc, hmm. Huh. Yeah, I'd have to go with the third tournament. And as far as favorite fight, my favorite fight will also be from the third tournament. But it's going to be Krillin and Goku. Yep. Just because, okay. like, that one, because, I mean, the final, you know, second tournament with Tien and Goku, it's like great fight, definitely. Third tournament, Piccolo and Goku, fabulous fight. But it's Krillin and Goku's fight that really stands out for me. Like some aspect mm-hmm. of, like you can see that in that fight, uh, Goku is superior to Krillin. Yeah. And, but it's it doesn't really matter. Or no, that would be the second tournament, right? That's the yeah. second. Yes. Yeah, second That's the second. second yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, third tournament. Uh, mm-hmm. Krillin fights Piccolo, but second tournament Krillin and Goku fight. Because even yeah. at that point, like you can see that Goku root surpassed Krillin. It doesn't really matter. It's like the, the, the spirit of Dragon Ball is, I think, summed up in that fight. They don't fight mm-hmm. for the win. They don't fight, you know, they just... Mm-hmm. Want to see that, who's stronger. That, that was, 
Exactly. And like, it doesn't really matter that for Goku, it's like, you know, every, I mean, you know, Goku's going to win. And you can see, like, in every aspect, he's stronger, but it doesn't really matter. Like, Krillin still goes balls to the walls on that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and it's still a good fight. I think Goku is 17 or 18 at that point. And, uh, you know, obviously yes. the anime and then him and Chi Chi get married. Um, that leads like, directly into Z five years later. Um, yeah. For me, my favorite arc would be I don't know if it's Red Ribbon Army or King Piccolo. Um, I really like both, but like the Red Ribbon Army for me, especially where it comes around later, like it's just the essence of Dragon Ball, because again, put it on so ways and found ways to keep going to make it interesting that does not. Um, my favorite fight, I love the anime fight of, of Gover's Pickle Jr. Um, it's a short fight, but the way it goes down, I think it's King Revive versus Goku. Because, like, to the point where he, he, like, breaks all of his limbs and goes, only got the one left. And in the Junior, like, he's basically got a fucking hole blast. He's still not able to do much there. Um, in the anime, he's able to fly throughout. So they changed it, and he does, I think it's the foot command. Uh, and then, like, one final yep. attack to jump down. In the manga, it's like the time to fly. And he just like body is a man out of the ring. Um, as far as his favorite attack, yeah. what do you got? Me. That I don't know. I have to think about that. Um, not as many in Dragon Ball, but um. Yeah, I was, I was I about probably, to say, like, in, in Z, in Z kind of goes, like, there's a lot more attacks in Z. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it has to be, has to be TN's uh, tri-beam. For me, I, I was always uh, partial to it. Yeah, and I, I love that, and I love uh, the the solar. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, translates to fists. I mean, that one, they didn't really throw up the name on. There's people where, like, like the uh, dub are actually more safe, like, uh, in canon. Um, but there are some, like, tri-beam where I'm like, nope, you, you completely, completely missed the point there. Um, Krillin yeah. gets a really cool one in Z, and uh, that one, they, they definitely don't mess up the name. Actually, Krillin basically starts uh, off. Z, Z definitely has more special attacks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. This was fun. Uh, can, you know, we'll take probably any weeks to a um, longer. We'll, we'll figure out. And, uh, we'll start some bridge. Z. Uh, Anyone who is and was keeping up with Super's recent god awful painful arc that went on last year is finally over. Uh, there is no issue for September. They're taking a break and they will be back in October. So uh, I'm guessing our next show will be up before then, but if not, you know, I might have been some 
coverage on that as well. well um, you know, again, we feel super. Most of it terrible. Um, some of the manga is better than the anime. Some of the anime is better than the manga. I'd say if you've never seen any super, but you've seen Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, watch the tour. You'll see a lot of friendly faces. You'll enjoy it. Um, if you've never seen anything, don't start with Super. And if you want to oh, yeah, definitely. this part of Super, you might be going to be uh, more stuff because that's great. You have to get animated. Um, for Dragon Ball, you know, if you can find it's definitely worth it. Um, I was fortunate enough to get the DVDs. I think they're like 100 bucks for the full set. I know Target and Walmart. I don't know if you can get them on anymore. Um, Funimation does a 30 day trial is a month they have pretty much Dragon Ball of Z and GT I think they have super well but they don't have all the movies especially for Z um, yeah other than that I always I recommend the series that Z Sadly, they never covered any of Dragon Ball except for occasional flashbacks. That would have been great. Uh, you got a side thing. Yeah, there's Ball Z teening. It's a old Pokemon or Red Mod that's really great. It usually like, uh, and it now basically covers anyone. Who and people from Super Dragon Ball Heroes, which is a YouTube-only show. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I got. Um, video game-wise, there's a couple, like, Tenkaichi Budokai. Okay. Um, stay away from Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. It kind of, you know, you want to play it, I'm not stopping you. <laughs> oh, all right, gentlemen. Anything else? Uh, I think... I would just point out, um, to to put in perspective how big Dragon Ball is, it is, I believe, if you're factoring in American comics too, mm-hmm. it is like the seventh best selling like comic ever. Like it is sold. I was looking about three hundred million. To put that in perspective. Oh yeah, no. So- Every Superman comic combined, which they have at about fifteen thousand issues, the approximate sales are six hundred million. So yeah, yeah, Dragon crazy. Dragon Ball ran five uh, high sale of three million. So it's uh. Big, uh, and for funders, more volumes, a fuck ton of episodes, movies, merch out the ass, video games, and is Shuisha's second best selling manga of all time. Uh, the best, of course, would be Naruto, which we will cover later. Um, oh, it is not Naruto, it is not Dragon Ball. Naruto's three, Dragon Ball is so far behind number two, it's not even funny. One Piece, which oh, really? should in oh. the next. Oh, One Piece is the best-selling... Because here's the thing. When they say Superman is the best-selling series of all time, that's them factoring in literally every Superman series into, you know... Ah, okay. 
and it comes out to about 600 million. One Piece, I've talked to friends about this before. You know, One Piece is just one series, you know. It's still ongoing. I truly believe nothing will ever pass One Piece. It is currently at 516 Yeah, 516 million sales. It is by far the most just from a sales perspective, the most popular comic ever made. And I it's one of those things where I truly don't think anything will ever pass it. Um it is like one single series. Um yeah, it's crazy. Like it's two hundred million ahead of Dragon Ball, which obviously, oh, wow. you know, Dragon Ball's like yeah, yeah. one of the most well known things ever. Yeah, Naruto Naruto's about fifty million behind Dragon Ball at two hundred fifty million. And yeah, that'll that'll be fun once we covered good old Naruto. <laughs> I had outdated information then. <laughs> yeah, One Piece, like, it is unreal how far ahead of every other comic One Piece is. Well, One Piece has, like, shit ton of issues, right? Uh, it's it's at, like, a thousand-something. <laughs> um, and it is finally entering its final arc, apparently. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. All right. All right. Well, this was fun, and uh, I don't know what we have coming up otherwise regularly. So, uh, Milos, I mean, so coming up. Uh, so, coming up, we have uh, so today's Monday, if I'm not mistaken. As of uh, tomorrow, our benevolent leader John is traveling to Vegas for the Star Trek Con, and when yes. he comes back, we're gonna have a Con retrospective, uh, him, myself, and Justin, I believe. And then on the, the Thursday of 1st of September, we should be doing our 300 for 300. Oh, yes, yep. that is coming up. <laughs> yeah, and that, then, is, uh, uh, that, should, that should be Thursday the 1st is when we record that one. Yeah, Very and cool. other than that, I think just the, the planned Dragon Ball. Now, I know Josh is reading Naruto, so him and I will do that eventually. And, yeah, uh, I should be done with stuff. what we're calling the first part in a week or two. Um, and I mean, you you powered through, you know, Dragon Ball. Um, you can read Z at your own pace, and I would definitely, definitely recommend that a bridge series. So I know that's going to take some time to go through. Yeah, I'll start checking that out. Um, yeah, I, I know Naruto's technically. You know, they consider the second part time skip, but I literally can't remember when that happens, like uh, chapter-wise. Um, yeah. But yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, and uh, Milos, if you're on uh, Naruto at all, you know, feel free to jump in on that one. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip that one just because I never really got into it, and at this point, I think it's way too much stuff to actually cover. For me, it's it's only seven hundred chapters, Milos. Come on, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Only seven hundred. So yeah, but I'm uh, I'm definitely in on any future Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Ball Zs and GTs and supers that we decide to run. For sure, sounds good. Yeah, I will have uh, much more on the how the sausage is made logistics as far as distribution dubs changes and just weird shit when it comes to z because it is a wonder that that shit ever took off in america after the harmony gold dubs (laughs) 
they basically did. <laughs> they basically got the rights to the first 13 episodes, changed all of the character names, including Goku, who they called Zero, and like rewrote their own nonsense scripts that were heavily, heavily edited so that they would be accessible to five-year-olds. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, sounds bad. Damn. Really bad. Like they they don't exist. I mean, you can maybe find them on YouTube, but they do not exist otherwise. Oh, thank God! I wouldn't want to. Uh, uh-uh. nasty. Yeah. So, all right, boys, we will uh, right. put this Talk one together, time. and we will get it uploaded. Uh, yes. Milo, you can kill the bot. All right, the bot. Ahead for the newlyweds. The future? Well, it couldn't hurt 